0: Om Timirandasya gyanandana Salakaya Chaksuru Militam Yena Tasmai Sri Gurvena Ajana Lambita Bhujao Kanakava Datto Sankitanay Kapitaro Kamalaya Taksho Vishvambaro Dvijavaro Yugadharma Palo Vande Jagat Priyakaro Karunava Taro Vande Sri Krishna Chaitanya Nityananda Sodita Gododai Pushpabandho Chitrasando Tamanudo Vande Haung Sri Ramakrishna Abhaya Charana Sakho Sukkado Paramanando Sundaro Suvalapriyo He Krishna Karuna Sindhu, Dina Jagatpate, Gopisha Gopika Kanta, Radha Kanta Namastute, Tapta Kanchana Gaurangi, Radhe Vrindavaneshwari, Vishwam Sute Devi, Nanamami Varekriya any question tonight yes i uh earlier this year you mentioned in some of your classes uh shravan
1: das
2: Manandas from yeah. yeah. so I was wondering like uh, where's that from and maybe you could share more about it
1: yeah it's a good you know question where's that from a thought passed through my mind recently but I didn't uh, research it. it it's obviously from Bhakti Bhaktivinoda um, and I don't recall um Those terms uh, being used uh, um, prior to him, but um, it uh, he he invokes them with regard to his um, approach to the the rag marg, and um, those are uh, dasas means like stages um, within that uh, pursuit. <clears throat> and um, it's not um, necessarily uh, novel uh, in one sense or different from what has been taught um, prior to him in that regard. Um, that said, in the tradition, there are... Maybe you could say there seems to be two... Uh, two distinct uh, approaches to uh, the ragmarg, somewhat, I should say, distinct from one another. Um, and in one sense, Bhaktivinoda's uh, approach was, was a combination of, of both of them. And, and within the context of that, he has those stages. But to go through that um, briefly, we, we find... Um, some uh, core teachings on Raghunugu Bhakti in Bhaktirasamrita Sindhu in the second chapter of the first uh, wave or first ocean, Eastern Ocean. Um, the subject is Sadhana Bhakti, and uh, there are two divisions the uh, Vaidhi Bhakti and Ragh Bhakti. So, going through Vaidhi Bhakti, in the end, he has about 100, what is it? Maybe thirty verses, 32, 33 verses, uh, delineating the path of rag bhakti, um, and it should be mentioned that therein Rupa Goswami is speaking particularly about rag bhakti in what we might call the fullest expression of that as it manifests in the braj lila, in the lila, pastoral lilas of Krishna. I say that because in the bhakti sandarbha of Jiva Goswami, his own student. Um, the Goswami Shijiva gives a kind of a broader range or spectrum of rag that for example by contrast to the specific way in which Goswami is speaking about it uh, includes Prahlad Maharaj hmm? as a rag so obviously Prahlad Maharaj is not a rag bhakta of brudge um, he is a a, a, a bhakta he, he, annunci- he enunciated the Navalakshan Bhakti, uh, the paradigmatic figure of the Bhagavatam through that comes, Shravanam Kirtanam, Vishnu, Smaranam, Padasevanam, archanam Bandanam, Dasyam, Sakya Matmani, Vedanam. Hmm? Um, his deity, of course, was Krishna, Govinda, that's several times mentioned in the seventh canto where um, he is uh, a, 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 a well, the figure that uh, of love, personification of love, that corresponds with the with the object of love that um, comes in the face of Bhagavan Sri Nilsingha, Nilsingha Bhagavan ki jai, Prahlad Maharaj ki which is incidentally a form that had never been seen before. It's an interesting point, and relative to our discussion, um, never been seen before. That said, even Lakshmi had never seen, and Lakshmi is with Narayan, all of his faces, right? So um, he is—he is—is uh, is a form of Krishna, who—that's who, Prahlad was meditating on in Vaidhi Bhakti. Krishna, of course, is. Uh, uh, um the object of Bhadi Bhakti in, in Mathura, mixed with Rag Bhakti and in and in and in Dwarka, the object of Bhadi Bhakti of the, of the Queens and others and so forth. Um, and uh, uh, in the form of the Sringadevi appeared relative to the circumstances in a face that he's never appeared before. I, um, and uh, and he, that face resides at the same time eternally in Vaikuntha, but Lakshmi had never seen. So there are things that happen in Vaikuntha, what to speak of Vaikuntha in Braj, that never happened before, but they're still eternal, is my point. And relative to the discussion, of course, um, the ideal of Raghbhakti that Rupa Goswami speaks about in Braj, Uh, involves taking birth in the brudge and um in in having a a form suitable for participation therein right Mm -hmm. um and that form is said to be obviously an eternal form um it's constituted of Krishna's internal, or svarupa shakti, his internal energy, svarupa shakti, that bhakti is constituted of, and that bhakti is not something that's part of the inherent makeup of the, of the jivatma. Mm-hmm. It's a blessing. We know, I mean, it's just very plainly explained in, uh, in, in Vishwanachakvati Thakur's beautiful book, Madhuri Kadamani, that's uh, basically an explanation of two verses um, of uh, Vakdarasamrita Sindhu, hmm? which also describes stages. We're talking about stages, right? Shravandas, Upandas, Barandas, Smanandas, uh, and so forth. Um, so, it, those are nine stages given by Rupa Goswami in his. And Vishwan has written a book about that, right, and, and, and he himself, where those st- stages, uh, a number of them are uh, explained, hidden or embedded, I should say, in the Bhagavatam, hmm? like nasta praesu Badreshu, Nittum Bhagavat seva, this is nishta, and so forth. Well, Madhurya Konopati is bringing that out, right? Hmm? So it's a beautiful commentary on those two verses of Rūpa Gosāma that basically lists nine stages. Mm-hmm. Those stages would apply to Vaiti Bhakti as well as to Rāg Bhakti. They're more broad mm-hmm, um, than particular ones that we're, we're talking about. But incidentally, Vishwanath Chaukthi in his commentary on the Bhagavatam, in that section which would be like what the the second chapter of the first, of the first canto, um, he mentions those nine stages in one of his comments, and adds five more. Nine and five is fourteen. He yeah, five more. I think there's thirteen or fourteen anyway. Four, fourteen. It is fourteen. Fourteen stages. So, uh, you know, one of the things that we learn from this is, you know, it's just, it's just different ways of talking about it. Hmm. And one stage could enfold into another, just like the sankhya the end of the Bhagavatam. Sankhi is a subject of the Bhagavatam, explain the nature of the world. Uh, it's to count, measure, the, the objective world. Hmm? Which is what science is about, measuring the objective world. So that's what Sankhi is about, counting or measuring hmm? the uh, what's out there. Hmm? So it's a fairly large part of the Bhagavatam comes up in different cantos, because, I mean, the Bhagavatam, in one sense, is about what's out there and who's asking the question, who's looking at it, right? The two, what do they mean, how do they interact, and, and so forth. So, at the end, anyway, have the Bhagavatam the 11th canto, uh, that uh, sanki comes up, and Krishna the says, there are different ways to explain it. Hmm? Um, uh, 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 with counting, count, 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 I would say counting the, the elements. In different numbers, where sometimes expanded, one would uh, explanation would have more numbers. Could be unfolded into a shorter number. Uh, That's why how he explains the um, what would apparently be the discrepancies in the Bhagavat. It's over here. It's got this many over here. It says these these are the elements and so forth and so on. So, so at any rate. Um, in the book of Vishwanath Madhurya Kadambidi, in the first chapter, the question is, where does bhakti come from? How how does one get bhakti? Right? And it's a long chapter, and, and it goes through why it doesn't come from here, why it doesn't come from here, why it doesn't come from there, uh, all of which is to say that, that it's independent, hmm? it's its own self, and it's not dependent upon anything else. Nothing else can uh, control bhakti. In other words, if I have this, I have bhakti. Bhakti will come to me. Hmm? That would mean that bhakti was dependent upon that thing. If I have a pure heart, bhakti will come to me. Not necessarily. We see she goes to impure hearts. How can that be? My heart is pure. Hmm? Why didn't she come to me? What did uh, Mahabharu say to the Brahman who said, I should be able to enter the kirtan at which because I drink drink only milk. I live on milk. Hmm? This is pretty cool. (laughs) But but Mahaprabhu said, you think just by drinking milk, you think that's the purity of of Rasa-san kirtan Hmm? that's going on, and he laughed at such a thing. And the Brahmin cursed him, and we're here today because of that. Hmm? Right? Because of, it says, says in the Bhagavatam because of the curse of a Brahmin, what Chaktavasu does, chattarepsitaraja-lakshmin, dharmiṣṭa ārya, because of the curse of a Brahman, dharmiṣṭa ārya, vachasā, tad, what is tad aranyam, so, he went to the, he, he took sannyas. It means, aranyam means the forest, and the curse to, because the Brahmin occurs to me. You'll never have a happy family life. And he said, Haribo. <laughs> <laughs> so he, uh, you know, it's an external reason for his um, taking sannyas, and, and we're here because of that. And that's where he reaches out to the beyond the dham, hmm? and beyond the outside of Shiva Sangam, within the dham, and then beyond the dham is his sannyas, and then all the teachings. Are there right through Psanat and Sarabon but the conversions of Venkata and uh, and um, that other guy, unmentionable uh, guy, he has precaution on that and, Benares and so on and so forth. Uh, um, so um, so in that um, so you can't get if any if anything else um, um, having or acquiring you will get bhakti bhakti would be de- then dependent on that so you mm-hmm. must say bhakti as the swarup shakti the essence of the swarup shakti of Bhagavan must be swarat hmm. right janma asyata di tarata cha arthe Surat, Krishna is independent, completely independent. So his internal shakti must be completely independent as well. Mm-hmm. Indeed, she's so independent that he who is independent is dependent on her. So when we say Krishna is dependent on his internal shakti, somehow he's still independent, and that just speaks about how independent is his internal nature and how one with him. Is is Radha? Hmm? Hmm. How is is Shakti is one and different when more one than different is the idea. So, given this position of Bhakti, then nothing she doesn't come from anywhere but from herself, right? So, so the point be, being is just it's as plain as as a no, nose. Excuse me, on your face that Bhakti comes from where? From Bhakti. Bhakti bhakti. Bhakti only bhakti gives bhakti, and when he says there that bhakti comes to us through sadhusanga, of course sadhusanga is a principal limb of bhakti. So, no contradiction, right? So bhakti comes from bhakti. So uh, um, um, somehow we got in that, that bhakti is not inherent in the jiva. Um, it's a blessing. It's a graceful uh, dispensation, and and it and um, it has therefore a beginning in our lives in this world. The bhava that you will attain is derived from the the seed of that from the, the, the satta sangha that you have, and and that has a beginning in this world. Okay no problem bhakti is beginningless in this world karma is beginningless in this world there's no world there's no world without karma material world so the world cycles come and go and there's no beginning to them they come they go but there's no beginning to that coming and going Hmm? so there can't be any beginning to karma that's just the way it is some things will never change that's one of them Hmm? Okay, <laughs> bhakti, uh, and so the so karma is, is is one of the forces, let's say, influences in the world. But bhakti is also there, hmm? and and why is that? Because what's making those world circles go go round? In one sense, what's driving Vishnu, hmm? the paramatma, who's making the world's Come and go. He, he said he the one wanted to become many, right? Hmm? And 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 then out of joy for no reason. But if just as if you're sitting by yourself and you wanted to express your love, so you just did it by manifesting other people hmm? that you could express it to. Hmm? You didn't have to, but you just wanted to, so you just did it. Hmm? And so, that being done, he has the jurisdiction over the maya shakti, so that's where they end up, and it turns out to be a problem, because they're they're small, us, small jivas. And so, of course, then the compassion of Vishnu, which is also not a lacking, it's not something that's done out of a lacking, but it's done out of fullness, right? So, Vishnu becomes compassionate, and avatars come... Through him and and, and 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 so on and so. Um, who though and, and 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 that said, of course, the compassion of of the Godhead is not something that is driven by his experience of the suffering, because if he experienced suffering, he would be in ignorance, and then he wouldn't be a, a qualified person to delivers from ignorance if he was subject to it. We would hope that our teacher had you know passed the course so um, uh, nonetheless one of the qualities of, of, of Bhagawan is compassion. so he expresses it in re- course in two ways in relation to his devotees who are his own heart he said they are my heart. I am, their hearts are my heart, heart, my heart is their heart, right? And so he's compassionate to his devotees, and his devotees are compassionate hmm, to other people. So he is compassionate to everybody, and this is just the vehicle. Hmm? It's a very beautiful way of of keeping him sanct, sanctified, um, transcendent, above any fault, in the, not subject to the influence of the world, which is the influence of ignorance, and at the same time caring for it, which is a problem in classical Western theology. The God is on high he's not nothing in this world really does anything for him doesn't he doesn't he doesn't, he doesn't he's not affected hmm, by what happens hmm? um, and of course, um, if you are affected, well, anyway, so so he is compassionate, and through the medium of his devotees, who? why are they compassionate? Why are the devotees, what do you say, uh, Kripa Sindhu, oceans of, of mercy? Because they are recipients of it. They've been filled up with that. Hmm? Like I said last night about Prabhupada, Prabhupada believed in his disciples. He actually believed in them. He believed that by giving the holy name to them, his faith in the name was such that it would, it would have an extraordinary effect. And having given it to them, they could be believed. Hmm? And because he believed in them, they believed in him. And as a result, they did unbelievable things. Hmm? Like Mara hmm. and other devotees hmm. all over the world, spreading Krishna consciousness, selling books and opening temples. And this is incredible. You know the story, right? Hmm. So we're part of the story. Small part, but it's, we have a small part and great, great show, you know. So, um, we're, I had some fun at the expense of one of my God brothers today at, at lunch.
0: It was
1: harmless in one sense, but, <laughs> but um, he wasn't there, so it wasn't fair. But uh, one of the things that was said about him is that he 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 plays this Middle Eastern instrument. What's it called? Oud. Ud. And on the song, on the what is the? Govindam Govindam Purusham. It was recorded and I guess in London, in London yeah. with uh, George Harrison and it uh, probably played it in all his temples. It was seven o'clock. It's great to do and that's the way you do it in that Prakash of, of the spiritual world that, that section, right? And so somewhere in there, there's a tink 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 and that's the, the udu and that's him playing, you know, so. He would say, "That's me." No. So to have a small part in something so so pleasing to Prabhupada—that's very very good. So we settled on that, and he's he's a great soul. Um, no names mentioned, but you can research it. <laughs> Who plays the voodoo or whatever? <laughs> so uh, so um, <clears throat> so. Um where were we? So Hm: Yeah, and the reason that they are oceans of compassion is because they've been filled with compassion. So Krishna gives his compassion to his devotees. He's compassionate towards them, and so they extend the compassion to others. So it's a very beautiful resolution to a theological and a problem. Hmm? Krishna's still on high, so to speak, transcendent through the agency of his devotees, he's imminent in the world and and feeling for others. And of course devotees are those who um the in is a particular, they've experienced suffering. Hmm? we're talking a little bit about Prahlad in the in the in the first canto. Sannata Goswami makes the point that, that actually these sadhana siddhas, they're better than the nidya siddhas. And is speaking about pralad, there. The reason being why, because they've been tested. Their love has been tested, these nidya siddhas, they've never had their love tested. It's just a way of in- encouraging us. <laughs> mm-hmm. And there Prahlad is depicted as a sadhana siddha, who was certainly, his his bhakti was tested, right? in no uncertain terms, by by his father. Mm-hmm. So, um, the reason, of course, that, uh, to return back to that point, that Jiva Goswami describes him as a Rag Bhakti in this l- broader kind of spectrum of the idea of rag, rather than just exclusive to Vrindavan, to the Vrajalila, is that he's described in the Bhagavatam as being attracted to Krishna, just like uh, like the pole star... It, like the planets orbit around it. So, his life orbited around Krishna from his very birth and he was completely absorbed and motivated, driven by that feeling, by Ragh. So, so, it's a more generic explanation of the word um, rag than the more specific explanation that Rukh is giving in Bhaktasamaja Sindhu about the uh, inhabitants of Braj and how to follow in their footsteps, the Ragatmikas and how to be a rag anuga and follow uh, in the wake of their their bhava, their love. So we get the seed for that, through association in this world. There's, there's the beginning there. No problem. The current of bhakti is in the world. The current, current of karma is in the world. If we come in touch with the current of bhakti then that's the beginning of the end of the current of karma that had no beginning. Um but someone might question that well when you go to the spiritual world in the Krishna Krishna Leela, uh, then there's a beginning right there's a beginning so that that cowherd boy that gopi that you are wasn't there before so so how could it be eternal hmm some of this question has been sometimes posed hmm, to one say, it must already be there. You must have already been there. You must uh, come from there. Hmm? Something like that. But no, no. the idea is that the, the bhavas are eternal. Hmm? The nature of these bhavas is they're always expressing themselves in different ways for the service of Krishna. Hmm? And uh, I'm referred to the first time ever appearance that Lakshmi had even had never seen before of the Shingadeva. Right? So where is he? I mean, he's, he's there. This is a... We have moods, we have emotions, we have feelings that may not have been expressed yet, but are there in potential. Hmm? So what to speak of within Bhagwan, Right? Hmm? His faces are asankhya, the forms that he will appear in, all different emotional uh, waves, so to speak, in the ocean of Bhakti-rasa, uh, the the very form of Bhakti-rasa that he is, Akila-rasamrita-murti. So, at some point, this came out, but we don't think that the Sringadev is not eternal because of it, right? Lakshmi never seen him before. I guess he has a beginning in time. No, he mm-hmm. resides within the body of Krishna. Similarly, your Swaroop in bhakti resides within Krishna as a as a possibility, as a potential, given a few um, a few conditions put together, that will happen. Right? If you get good association, and so forth, we find Kumar he attained a a a, a, a gopa svarupa, and he was named Sarupa. Hmm? And it's not that his Sarupa was hanging on a tree there, you know, waiting to be animated or something like that. Oh, and if it was, the leelas that go with it would have to be there too. So there, it's not like that. There exist. Some, somebody gave an example. I saw not some, some time ago. He said, "It's not like you know." um the srup Shakti is is dough and when you and from it you can make cupcakes and, and bread and and I said I thought I thought it is like that <laughs> actually it is like that yeah yeah that's what it does it, it's a certain it, 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 it is, there, there's different different types of dough of course there's there's rye and there's you know, wheat and and um, sourdough and so forth uh, so there's there's, there's different uh, uh, staibabs dasya, but sakya, but they're always manifesting in newer in newer ways to to serve Krishna. That's what they do. Is Krishna's life all figured out already and that's it? You know, these are the eight times. These are the things he does. Nothing more than that. He's, that's just a, an outline, right? Hmm? So we find we find Kumar has a little that nobody has seen before. Hmm? He hears the malararaga raga, Krishna's playing on his flute. Hmm? It's a raga for, for that can that can uh, bring rain, make the clouds rain. He's playing this on the way back hmm, from the uh, from the forest, and Gopikumar is uh, is meeting him, you know, in, in, in Goloka for the first time there. Hmm. And the results of the mala raga that that Krishna's playing is that everybody's weeping, the trees are pouring out sap the the mothers from the from the village, coming to the juncture between the pasture and the forest to to, to meet him. Their breasts, their milk is pouring from their breasts, and all the devotees are weeping. This is what he sees, and he's hearing this rag of Krishna's flute, and, and and there's Krishna coming with his friends, and so forth. Right, and Krishna sees him, and he passes out, embraces him, passes out, and nobody knows who is this guy. What, what what's going on? So you know, Krishna come. He comes to and and and, and he, he assigns him to Sri Dhamma's family, hmm, so on and so forth. Uh, um, so it's a new leela. Hmm? Are there no new leelas? And if there are, are they not eternal? Of course not. It's the nature of the realm, right? Hmm? Newer and Srup shakti is manifesting in newer, newer ways all the time for the pleasure of Krishna. That's what it does. Hmm? And you will be one of the ways in which she manifests in conjunction with your will and her influence coming to you through sadha-sangha. So this is um, where bhakti comes from, right? From bhakti, through Sadasangha. sangha Hmm? It makes ingress into the jiva and as such in the context of our tradition that jiva can have a life in the braj mm-hmm. So, um, <clears throat> so the way then in which um, it, this is the culture of this as a, as a sadhana, bhakti has been taught by the goswamis is basically again, uh, Rupa Goswami's got about thirty verses, and amongst them. Three of them describe the way, what to do, how it works, what it is. And that's all he said on it. Hmm? Remembering the pastimes of Krishna, hmm? particular ones that the ones att- attracted to. Serving this is the second one. Serving I call it li- lila seva in the lila. Um, with a with a in two ways with the with the body that you have been given at the time of initiation, Sadaka Deha serving, and with the internal body serving. Seva sadhaka Rupena Sudarupena Chapter He, right? And then third thing is uh Shravanam Kirtanam. The other angas, like Shravanam Kirtanam, which aren't mentioned in this section particularly. Other than smarnam, that were mentioned in the Vajdi Bhakti section, there was like a couple hundred verses, are all applicable to bhakti to give support to this ideal that one's pursuing. Other than a few that should be excluded hmm, because they're not conducive, like worshipping the queens of dwarka, hmm, which is would be contradictory to your ideal, right? So that's the teaching. Hmm in bhakti Jiva Goswami was the at the time of initiation one gets the mantra and instructions and from that mm-hmm. this comes out right mm-hmm. this uh, in gra- obviously gradually one becomes qualified for Siddharupa seva uh, and so on so um uh, in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu of course his his way was was nam kirtan which we see he did nam sankirtan. kirtan and it drew him inward in such a way that inward life of Smarnam took over. Hmm? And it took over, Not a, it's not that he sat down and tried to meditate and, and so forth, but he was he was pushed over. Hmm? He was flattened hmm? through namsen Kirtan. And he was incapacitated. He he, he turned fr- through the power of namsen Kirtan from being a public figure to being a private figure and he couldn't do anything about it. He couldn't change his mind say, I'm not sure I want bhakti. Maybe I'll try the Ramanuja Sampradaya or something. You have a choice in the matter. Hmm? Such, as the, such as the power of Nam Kirtan and how he applied it in his sadhaka, deha. Hmm? He served in his deha, and he taught by his example Hmm. This is Mahaprabhu's main thing, right? He didn't write a whole commentary on Vedanta Sutra and so forth, and many books as a teacher. And this is Krishna, and it's Acharya Leela. So, Acharyas write books and enunciate the teaching. He didn't do any of that. But, as we say often in common English parlance, example speaks louder than precept. Hmm. Right? And his example was very Extraordinary. Very extraordinary, and so it caused others to write the precepts about it, hmm? and on you know for, for centuries now. Hmm? His, his exam I mean, there are other great acharyas like Madhva Ramanujan. Their example is also good, it corresponds to the teaching, but they're not like the example of Mahaprabhu. Hmm? There's no, with all due respect, and we have the highest respect for them. There is no comparison whatsoever hmm. the example of Mahaprabhu as a sannyasi frightening hmm. if you were a sannyasi <laughs> goodness and and the measure of the the way the, the extent to which he was carried on the waves of preme and then that preme was just like contagious hmm. looking at people hmm is looking at people, and they became premikas. Hmm. I mean, there's I mean, so many instances like this, the conversions that he um, 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 whatever he did, or uh, that he, the people that he converted, big people, and how he did it, all by his example practically, by being quiet, by being humble, hmm, by being a good listener, <laughs> Uh, and so by joking and and not by anyway so his example is is super extraordinary and as such uh, he didn't have to write a whole bunch of things but then everybody was writing about afterwards his example what it means and understand and so we have a wealth of of literature Mm -hmm. but he showed the way through Namsana Kirtan he was taken in so, kirtana smārana smaranasubhavaye. By kirtan, you'll be drawn in, and from the public life, you will be um, uh, forced into private life, hmm, and no return. And in you know, the te- where's the teaching in Chaitanya Charitamrita? The teaching is really it's everywhere, but it's primarily in the Madhilila. Hmm? You, you, the the Ante Lila experience and Bhava Bhakti culture of of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu hmm, that's described there is not really there's not really much of a description. Here's how you do Bhava Bhakti. How you do sadhana Bhakti? Well, there's quite an explanation of that. There. These are the angas. You do like this, and this is how you do them. There's sub within angas, and so on and so forth. How do you do bhava Bhakti? Hmm? bhava Bhakti does you. Hmm? Is the is the answer. So now, you know you yes you do the hearing you do the chanting, but it's being driven by the bhava. Hmm? right? Um, so, um, of course, we're saying this in the context of explaining that there are you know a couple of approaches. Through Rag Bhakti out there, but this is how Mahaprabhu taught, this is how the Goswamis taught, and then after the Goswamis, they de- they're developed a system in the Sampradaya that be- it became uh, somewhat prominent. Where knowing theologically, through the help of the Goswami's bo- books and so forth, what the goal is, and that there's this, whole, this whole inner life of Mahaprabhu that's this, Secret thing uh, that uh, that uh, uh, that's connected to his sankirtan, which is more of a common thing. It's the Yuga dharma and so forth, and that's where it's really at. So so once you start talking about that, that's where it's really at because that's what I want to do. That you know so so um, um, uh, there's has been in the sampradaya more kind of trying to talk about. That which doesn't lend itself that much to being talked about, um, but uh, you know we have like um, a nice book by Vishnu Shavari uh Chandrika, right? But it's not really how to do. <laughs> it's just explaining that the, 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 what it is, so to speak, what and what it's not. Mm. It's not kind of a. Here's how you do rag these are these what it, what's involved but of course there is it well you should serve the big thing is that we're getting to you should serve in your daya and in your citaya so if, if if I'm going to do ragbatta, i've got to be serving in my cita that's one of the three things that Rupa Goswami mentioned right so I better get on with that so how do I do that mm-hmm. well as i'm explaining you 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 take don't neglect your sadhakadeya in the name of a siddhadeya. Use your sadhakadeya. Hmm. Do the nam kirtan and angas of bhakti with this ideal in mind. And and by the force of kirtan, smarnam will come. Hmm. Naturally, take over. Hmm. Um, but, if you want to get a jump start on it, then you know. Then, then, so then some people have developed this Idea of more of a kind of a okay, sit down. This is how you meditate, you know, and you'll do it like this. And here's a map of the Braj leela and uh, and uh, here's the Yoga Peet, and and uh, in the way it's kind of thought about, hmm, is that certain advanced devotees, um, let's say like Gopal Guru Goswami, associate Mahaprabhu, became somewhat prominent after. Mahaprabhu passed and the Goswamis and so forth and before him um, their their meditations their visualizations and so forth they maybe wrote something down about them notes so then so then that gets passed passed around and and then now I got my notes how to do bhava bhakti Hmm. How to, how to serve in my sadhaka deha, or in my citadeha, and uh And um, and so, there is a, a, a sector of the gaudias who look at it like this. Hmm? And then the guru says, you're such and such manjari, and here is the map, and these are the meditations, and um, you do it like this, and uh, and so they sit and then they try to do that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, typically they're not involved in Sankirtan, in, in the way in which Mahaprabhu was, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, or the Goswamis. What does it say about them? Mm-hmm. And uh, if, if, uh, to be dear to the devotees and the non-devotees, you got to be interacting with the non-devotees in some way. If you're just sitting in the dham meditating, you, know, you don't have any chance to endear yourself to the non-devotees, right? So they were they were writing books. as a form. That's a form of kirtan also. And at any rate, so um, you know whatever you can judge by the result. So it's a, it's it's a way. That and uh, um, in, in that that sector, it's thought that the guru goes into meditation. He gets Krishna says this is the guy's Swarup, There's disciples Swarup, Give him this one, and he gives it to him, and then he tells them, helps coaches them in in the meditations and so forth. Right. Mm-hmm. And then he's supposed to do that uh, regularly. Astakali lasmarnam. gets started now. Uh, kind of a thing Um, and often it may occur unfortunately without any other bhakti qualifications Hmm. so but anyway that's the school and um, uh, and uh, uh, what really happens in that school is the prototype of the manjari form and sevas and so forth is passed on to that disciple and a name is given to it and uh, and then he or she uses the prototype to meditate on. Anyway, the, now the that's so so one is like you just do kirtan and it happens, and and the other is you, you you get this secret advice on the side and then you get busy on that. Um, and Bhaktivinoda kind of put these two together in, in in a sense is his own kind of unique approach, um, and he says basically you do the sadhana. And as the sadhana develops in higher stages, like in 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 Ruchi, hmm, for example, you have no desire for anything else, only desire for bhakti, then ruchi means um, uh, taste, right? He makes a very good point, Bhakti Vinod Thakur. It's 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 like well, that's it, he says. Um, he says that in order to do Lelasmaranam, for example. Hmm? Hmm? If it's not driven by a taste, it can't be maintained. That's just true. Hmm? And so therefore, he says, so therefore some qualification within bhakti is required to effectively uh, do that. Hmm? So some waiting, some patience, and as this comes, then he then he says, then it's arising out of the practice, hmm? which Vishvanatha Chakravarti also explains in Raghavart Machandrika. Out of the practice, it's arising, hmm? and um, and then there's consultation with with the guide, with with the guru, hmm? who then may start to give some advice. And like I was talking to someone the other day, and he's saying, I, I'm. I, I think he he likes the the ideal of Sakhyarasa, and he was talking about how he was he, you know gets up in the morning and he just he's thinking, okay, Radha and Krishna are getting up at this time, and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is doing this at this time, and then at six o'clock the, the cowards are waking up and so on and so forth, and you know he's going through the day and doing his whatever he has to do, but trying to remember Krishna, and so I said you know it's very nice and. And so, so the you know the advice would be, okay. Given your ideal, then mm, you should, in the morning, think of of mm, at the time of Mungal mm? There I am in a. It, 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 this is my ideal to be a das of Gor Gaur, in Gorlila at the time of, uh, and it's at the time of the waking, what Brahman and what's going on in Leela, right gore's waking uh, from his bed and remembering the night before and, and so forth um and you, you given his ideal this fellow's ideal was Sakya rasa you sk- you skip over the morning meditation of Maria rasa which is Radha Krishna in the forest and the birds are waking them up and and so in your swarup you're present hmm? And then in your Krishna Lila Sruup at six o'clock, then that that becomes active. Hmm? You understand? As a saka, Krishna's friends are being called by Balaram's horn. So you know. So the so just give a little fine tuning here. You know, uh, like this. This is uh, so. This is the system of Bhakti. So it's kind of like taking a little bit from from both and. And so, anyway, the long explanation. But in the context of that, he has given these these stages. And so, the first stage is Shravandas. And what he refers to there is, of course, uh, kram Sudha shravan. So to hear kram means like step. So it means like systematic hearing, not like let's hear about this Leela Krishna's birth, and this one over here, and this one over. But in a systematic way. That's one thing that the the, the Books like Krishna Gwandalilamrita, there's a system there, hmm? or you go through the Bhagavatam and look at it kind of chronologically, you know, and what's happening, and and, and 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 in a systematic way. Without systematic shravan, you're not going to get the resu- result. So shravan does. So that's the first stage. Hmm? So you've understood. This is your ideal. So, Shravandas, and then from Shravandas comes Barandas. Is hmm? it Varandas? Acceptance. Hmm? So, it means, okay, I'm hearing like this, systematic, and as a result of my hearing, something's coming on, certain things are, hearing, listening, um, so forth, certain things are standing out to me, and we discussed that. I like this, I feel it. Like, okay. Now, so the, the, the from hearing, uh, 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 just like, uh, let's give an example, Pujhapachita Maharaj, first time, he went on the Brachmandal Parikram organized by Bhakti Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur. They went around to different places, I think it took a month or something like that, whatever it was. After it was over, he asked Pujhapachita Maharaj, which was your favorite place? And Siddha was a little startled and he thought, he said, Terkadamba, I like that place oh very interesting and then the next year they went on the Bhajimundal Parikram and uh, and Bhakti Sadat said so today today we'll go to your your place and ba- he remembered that that was oh wow. Terakadamba there at Terakadamba you know this is uh, there's uh, in uh, it's a place where Rupa Goswami stayed there's uh, the um, verse Siddharmarsh wrote a very famous uh, song glorifying Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur and uh, just to give you some idea how well received it was is that that all of the god brothers sang it in all of their temples hmm? and it's engraved on the walls on most of the Gaudiya temples formed by Keshav Maharaj this Maharaj that Maharaj Madhav Maharaj and yeah. So on and so forth, right? Mm-hmm. And it's there a couple of stanzas from at least one. It at Terracadamba. Somebody put it on there. Says Shri Dhamma's got a place there. So, so. Hearing, hmm, experiencing, did you get anything from it? You know. And he said, "Well, I like Terkadamba." Okay, that's acceptable. You give him a place at Terkadamba. Hmm. So, um, so then, now do you accept it? That's hmm? uh, That's Barandas. I accept it. That kind of acceptance has to be like, hmm, there's no there's no backing out now. Hmm. That's it. And there's no backing out. So without Nishta, at least, not to speak of virtue without Nishta, and hmm, how can you how can you accept how can you do Barandas really I gave the example the other day I was speaking about the Kali Leela and uh, the cowherd boys when they were going with Krishna and he was heading towards the Kali Lake then the cows ate some grasses that had been poisoned by the water from the lake and they died so what did the boys do they drank the water that's modern us. they accepted themselves. We we are cowards. that's who we are. If cows die who are our cows, we have no meaning, no life. If the cows die on our watch by drinking poison water, we drink the poison water. Hmm? That's what we do. Hmm? This is their this to give some idea the measure of their acceptance of who this is their dharma, this is who they are hm so with that kind of a uh, uh, conviction and it means you know you're you're not you're you a humvi prone a humvi prone cha anara pati you're not a vibhish yeah. you're not a malinchha gri pati no you're not you know was was just gopi bar to pada kamalayo dasta so i'm not a brahmana none of these varnashraam identities hm so i'm not doing anything that arises out of that identity Things that appear to arise out of that identity hmm? I have to bhaktiize them, hmm? Even. I've got i I'm doing kirtam in a specific way, having accepted a a, a, a a particular role therein, in in that in that Lila that we we're singing about that's found in the names and so forth, right? And, um, and, um, uh, um, what was I going to say? So, anyway, so, acceptance. Uh, he accepts, and, and, uh, and, uh, uh, Barandas. Uh, and in the, in, in so he does hearing and chanting and so forth. But then there are other things that you do, like sleep. Is that a of bhakti? That's arising out of your material identification. So you have to eyes that. That's called the rope bhakti, right? Mm-hmm. So um, then you think, okay, I have to rest my sadhaka day for the service of Krishna. That's your meditation. And then now that sleeping becomes part. So the whole, this is acceptance. Uh, it's this, this full on, right? Mm-hmm. There's no more. Simultaneously fostering, the other identity arising out of material um, uh, the ego arising out of material identification so what is it then um, how is it, what is it, Shabandas Barandas Apandasha hmm? and then Alpenasha. but smarn? Hmm? also Smaran does yeah shravan Baran, Seven. smaran
2: well i don't see shravan but there's sen and Apanadas and
1: and prepana is the final attainment. anyway so there is shravan das there's varan there's smaran das hmm? so and meditation hmm? and uh upan das. das means um, like now, one is not necessarily in bhava, but he's in the higher stages of sadhana bhakti. Hmm? And so that bhava, as his ideal, he kind of tries to mentally identify with, with, with the bhava. He kind of places himself, um, but he's already in, in ruchi, asakti, like this. And then prapandas, then he, he, there's attainment and so forth. So it's just a way of breaking it down. And uh, and But what's important is there is shravan and baran hearing and then accepting and then rest follows naturally. Does that help? Yeah. Okay, I'm a long roundabout bra- explanation there. Oh. I wanted to say something um, about uh, Prabhana's question last night, a little more, uh, some things came to me thinking about it last night. Um, He asked about Anvayad Vethi to the fourth uh, verse of the Chatur Sloka says that one should take shelter of the Guru and pursue, among other things, pursue this knowledge directly and indirectly, right? It's about the way, Abhideya, the means. And what, it, what does it mean indirectly, directly and indirectly? One of the ways we talked about it last night was to refer to similar words that are found in the first stanza of the Bhagavatam, anvayad itaratha, anvayad vitirek, itarata Itaratha means indirectly, Anvayat means directly, so directly and indirectly. There as I mentioned it said, well, satyam paramdhima, meditate on the supreme absolute truth, directly and indirectly you could say, as Krishna and as is Shakti. Hmm. And so we talked a little bit about that. Um, but I also said that in the fourth stanza, you could take it to mean direct, directly or indirectly, or just you know completely, upside down, inside out, backwards. But there's some other ways we could refine that worth, worth mentioning. And so, for example, the direct culture of the knowledge, in terms of Sharanagati, could be understood as uh, accepting that which is favorable to bhakti and then the indirect means rejecting things that are unfavorable to bhakti. So you should do both. Hmm? right? This is how you can directly and indirectly cultivate bhakti, knowledge of bhakti. And then similarly, or a little bit differently, but um, the teaching, let's say, the teaching in the Gita or the teaching in the Bhagavatam that we follow we culture the knowledge by hearing the Bhagavat and learning the lessons and that of the Gita and so forth and how is the teaching um, given there it's given directly and indirectly so it says this is Bhakti hmm? and this is Gyan when the Gita is talking about Gyan what it's really saying and this is what Bhakti is not hmm? And this is karma. He's saying, this is my abode, and this is every other planet. And the difference is, from every other planet you have to take birth again, and from mine you don't. Right? So, he's not really given different teachings, pick and choose here, properly understood. He's talking about one thing, and one thing only throughout the whole Gita, which is keeps coming up. In a verse in this chapter, in that section, in that section, hmm? um, which is Ananya Bhakti, hmm? Nirgun Bhakti, and he, when, he, when he begins to talk about yoga, it's about Nirgun Bhakti, right? Neham This is Nirgun Bhakti. The results are permanent, right? They're not. They're, it's not driven by Rajas or Thomas or sattva, excuse me, which would, with the results of which would not be permanent. Hmm? And then, you know, it's, and he it goes to the end of the, in the sixth chapter, the end of the section on yoga, and it's, Ananyabhakti again, right? What does he say there?
0: Yeah.
1: Hmm? No, sixth chapter. Yogina mapi Sarvesham. sham. He hmm? says, it the best yogi of all. Hmm? Better than a... What does he say? Better than a yogani know, is a tapasvi or something, but a tapasvi is a yogi, best the best yogi is a is a bhakta. Hmm. And of course the seventh seventh chapter he's he gives he the, the chapter sloki on the and that comes to the tenth chapter in the middle section, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. These are all so many nice verses about Ananya Bhakti in the eleventh chapter, in the twelfth chapter, in the ninth chapter. In the eighth chapter, So this theme keeps coming up again and again and again. That's one way of understanding what the book's about. The theme that keeps recurring, keeps recurring throughout. So what recurs throughout the Gita is Ananya Bhakti, Ananya Bhakti, Ananya Bhakti. Hmm? go into the last eight, last six chapters. Of course, it culminates in Sarvadam Pratichaka. Ma come, Ananya, me alone. Ma may come. And, uh, and manmana bhava and so forth. So this keeps recurring. You don't have the the other teachings that are, there, are not recurring throughout all the sections. So properly understood, when he's talking about other teachings, it's not like, pick and choose which one you want in here. He's he really talking about one thing, directly and indirectly. Hmm? right? And then in bhava, anvayadvatirekabhyam means that you will pursue and serve in Baba in union and separation. Separation is indirectly serving him, right? Hmm? He doesn't appear to be there. He's indirectly there. Hmm? And in union, he's directly there. So, some thoughts on, on that. We discussed it a little bit last night. Anything else? What's the time? Okay. Yes? So
2: This is another question from Pranada. I have to get these in. (laughs) Um, it (coughs) It is said that because there are false gurus, there are real ones. Because there is a material world, there is a spiritual one. Because there is failed love, there is real love. This makes sense to me, but I would like to hear more about the logic of why this principle is true, to be able to support the concept in preaching?
1: Well, um, I mean, I don't think it would be too um, much to convince somebody that um, if they're if i say there are bad teachers that's qualifying something that already exists right it's not saying it's bad is an adjective that's <laughs> qualifying a noun that already exists teachers exist and there are bad teachers also mm-hmm. so the point is that those aren't who aren't, if there are teachers, the noun exists. Bad is only an adjective qualifying certain types of teachers. So if there are bad teachers, there have to be other types of teachers hmm, or teachers that aren't bad. There are teachers, but they're not bad, right? So it wouldn't be too hard to convince somebody <laughs> about that. So that holds with the idea of what she's asking about. If there's a bad guru, there must be. Real gurus, hmm. And, um, would you say if there's bad love, there must be real love or something like that?
2: False gurus, real ones. Um, if there's failed love, then there's real love.
1: Well, that now, um, of course, um, the same thing applies, obviously, but then when we classify the, all the love of this world as being. Um, um impermanent, not enduring um, but then we posit that there is enduring love right um, you have to obviously say a little bit more why there's anything endures. And, and, and how you endure, and you have know, to support all that, right? You have to explain all that. Uh, you have to convince, uh, you're not going to just say, well, it's not going to make sense. Somebody thinks, well, when you're dead, you're dead, <laughs> right? You say, well, it, because there's temporary love which has failed, it didn't, it didn't work out. Hmm? We didn't live happily ever after. Well, nobody lives happily ever after, I and mean, obviously, you don't, when you're dead, you're dead. So, I mean, someone who thinks like that, you're gonna to have to explain them why, when, when you're dead, you're not dead, <laughs> right? Um, so, um, uh, you know, that's gonna make sense as a statement to somebody who has some other things in place already in their orientation and their understanding. So, you gotta do some groundwork before these cute little sayings really hit home and make sense you've got to create a sympathetic heart and give the right some gyan and so forth and then then they all just like work and they're brilliant you know because <laughs> you've prepared the ground so to speak right um, you know if there's a material world there must be a spiritual world oh uh, well I know about that <laughs> you know you gotta you gotta do say a little more than than, than that right to uh, to uh, convince somebody. So well, that's my answer. What else? One?
3: Yeah.
0: Yes.
1: There was an article on the
3: Harmonists last week um, <coughs> from Sachin Raya, uh, um, and um, he was saying that it was about the importance of explaining su- su- suchi, being kind uh, of ritually clean before you're performing uh, certain devotional acts. And, uh, you talked about <laughs> like, kind of physical cleanliness and
1: ritual cleanliness, and mental
3: cleanliness. You talked about um, ab- abstaining or refraining from performing. Uh, some activities, you know, when you're in a state of deep grief or something to that effect. And it seemed to, he seemed to say at one point in the, in the article that um, because if you don't do that, if you perform activities, um, certain ritual activities or devotional activities in, in an unclean state, it, it produces karma. Uh, and so um, I was a little confused about. So, so, even this evening, you, you mentioned um, that when you accept the, the bhakti process, then it puts an end to the karma. It's the beginning of the end, I think, is how you
1: word it. Yeah, I know. I haven't seen that article. Um, and I, if you're accurately representing it, I don't know mm-hmm. what the support for that might be. And I don't know what particular activities he's, he's talking about. Um, um, in the context of bhakti, there's. Not a whole lot of ritual outside of Archon for example. That's, what I, that's the way I interpret the same. And um, in Rupa Goswami's Bhakti-rasamrita-sindhu, there are dos and don'ts of ritual worship of Archon that he gives. And um, um, as far as uh, being in a clean ritual state. Uh, Uh, You know, I don't think he mentions that particularly, but uh, it's kind of... You want to take, for example, uh, some things... Bishwana Chakuritaka says in one place in the Bhagavatam, as far as Varnashram goes, well, we have to take from there its hygienic sensibilities and so forth. That's all. Hmm. So, Brahminical sensibilities with regard to, to worship... Um, if 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 one, you know, it's it's almost as if if one's not kind of in that space, you're not going to do those activities. I, but I never heard anything to support that idea that by doing, um, let's say, Archon. In fact, there. So I, I I'm not sure I'm not how well you're representing because he's pretty good on the Siddhanta. But there are, for example, examples in the Sundarvas even of. Animals doing deity worship, you know, so
3: question,
1: and getting liberated.
3: Right, he used it when he, when he brought in the term karma, the word karma, and I, we, we, uh, Samati and I were discussing it, and we began to kind of try to understand what is the role of karma in the sadhaka's life. Is it, is it, is it, could you generate, are you still on the karmic platform to some degree? And we, we were kind of trying to understand.
1: Um, you don't get karma by doing bhakti. And I, and I don't know how you could get karma by doing bhakti imperfectly either. Um, yes? Yeah, uh,
2: that's kind of confusing. I believe his article was more pointing out that uh, cleanliness, having a clean mind and cleanliness of the body, is a support for bhakti. Mm-hmm. And uncleanliness, it, I don't believe the article said that uncleanliness when doing bhakti, it's just to my reading, and I only read the article superficially because I was thinking of responding to a question that Haridas posted online, Uh, but from what I did read, his basic point was cleanliness supports bhakti. It's it's a support, Mm -hmm. you know, and uh, you want to be clean, you want to have a clean mind
1: Conliness is next to godliness
2: Right. you want to, you want to perform bhakti at the highest standard then make sure you may, whatever you wanted yeah. whatever you can do to to enhance your bhakti take advantage of that
1: yeah there's a famous story in this regard there was a lady in brudge and she was um, um, everyday she was a simple village person not really too or anything like that and so she was cooking this big pot of kitri every day and and she would have to stir it every now and then so it didn't burn. And um, and the reason she was doing it is that there was two boys who would come in the morning to, and they're very charming and so they liked her kitri, so she's up every morning cooking this kitri and and then she would brush her teeth with a stick and and then when the Kitri needed to be stirred, she'd stirred the Kitri right so <laughs> so what happened was that uh, I guess Sanatana Goswami came and and saw this going on and saw Krishna and Valramammed were appearing to her was a, the boy he saw these boys, they were charming, so they left, and they followed them, and they went into a temple, and then they entered into the deity, and then he goes, "Whoa, and so they went back to her and told her you can't cook like that, you got to, you know, brush your teeth, get sushi, then come over here, then use this stick, you know, for stirring, you know, you got to wear a nice white cloth, that, you know. so then, you know, the next morning, she went, okay, sadu spoken, you know, so I said, she did all that, you know, and meanwhile, these two boys showed up early in the morning for their kitri, and like, what the heck's going on, where's Madaji, you know, like, so then they complained. What? The, what's you know? You took all. Why, why is it so late? Well, I had to brush my teeth over there, and I had to do this over there, and uh, <laughs> and then so nothing. Yeah, I guess he saw that too, and he, then he told her the next day, no, no, don't don't <laughs> do that. <You> know? <laughs> so, but uh, but obviously uh, otherwise, yes, um, we uh, um, those types of uh, practices, hygienic practices, and cleanliness are. Is uh, common sense, and they will. They will. Uh, if you clean your room nicely, your mind will be peaceful, hmm? and and with a peaceful mind, you can do japa. Hmm? So, so that that. But I don't think you can get if you do it with a. You might not get as much out of it if you if if, if your room is distracted. In, well, your probably your mind is too. <laughs> so that's why you're not. But you're not going to get uh, uh, karma for it.
2: He mentioned like if somebody dies and you're grieving, like your mother dies or your best friend dies and you're grieving, and so he's kind of indicating that you shouldn't do your, your seva if your mind is...
1: Oh, there might be something like that, like a, after a funeral or something, or in Bhagavad Gita even. Mm-hmm. Yeah
2: structure that you shouldn't do archana depending on your status for a certain amount of time after seeing a dead body so that would be attending
1: the temple. yeah, you know, then as much as that's explained in Bhaktivedanta then going against that would be to do some sevaparad. Hmm. worse than karma alright, well that's a good beginning to our little gathering here and we'll We'll be getting together tomorrow morning at what time? 10 in the morning, is it? or 10? Mm-hmm. Ten? 10. Sounds good. 10?
0: <laughs>
1: so. Okay. All right. She should go around right and of the <laughs> 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 great, a